The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up? Hey, thanks for joining me today. You're going to love this episode. I've invited one of my dearest friends, someone who also happens to be a legitimate mindset expert. Like she's a phenom. Her name is April Franks. You've heard me talk about her on previous episodes, especially when I'm talking about like what's going on in my personal life because she's one of my great friends. April helps women figure out how to be epic. She's a master at community building. She's a content creator. She's a launch strategist. She's a business expert. She is someone who helps women understand like what it takes to overcome self-doubt because this woman has had almost every possible thing you can think of, anything you can imagine that should result in you being unsuccessful or having self-doubt. She's had those things happen to her. Her superpower is helping women transform their lives, and their mindset into believing in themselves. She's not for everybody, and she doesn't care. You're really going to feel her ability to help others and inspire others to stop worrying about what other people think. She helps women understand that they were born to be leaders. They don't need a specific education or a certain background or to have had a certain style of life or circumstances. She teaches people how to figure out that they are great without all of the things society told you you need to have in order to be great. And without any special education, like she doesn't even have her GED. She helps women figure out how to become eight figure income earners. And when I say whatever low point you have experienced in your life that has you thinking you can't do it, she's been there. And today she's here to just share with you how she did it and why it's so important that you stop sacrificing your greatness, your sanity, your family's integrity, and you just realize, okay, why not me? She's a five-time author. She's a two-time film producer. She creates powerful content across all of her platforms. I've seen her speak live and in person. She has spoken on our stages. Her story, her expertise, her personality, it's going to inspire you. Without further ado, my friend, April Franks. I've talked about you a lot on the show, but just like, oh, and then my friend, April, but I've never had you on this show. You've been on Build Your Tribe. So welcome to the Shaleen Show. Thank you so much, friend. Well, it's important for people to hear your story. We're doing this thing around mindset. And I often find that some of the people that we bring on to talk about mindset, maybe there are listeners who think, well, what have they had to overcome? Mm. And so knowing your story and knowing that you are one of the most confident women, genuinely confident. I mean, you meet a lot of women who present confident until you get to know them. And then you realize like, not so much. There's a little bit of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say phony, but like they're putting on this facade and it looks believable, but you're genuinely one of the most 
confident and self-assured women I've ever met. And that was one of the reasons why I was so attracted to you. Yeah. And we became friends because I have a rule of like, no new friends. But sometimes you just can't help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that. And yeah, I agree with you. There are a lot of people that present confidence. And I know why they do that. I get it. And for me, I just have overcome so many different types of things. And I just choose to love myself. And it really is a deep rooted value to start with, which is what is great about me and not what is wrong with me or making things wrong because I've had certain experiences. And so, yeah, I just believe I can do anything. Is that DNA? Is that how you've always felt about yourself? It's interesting. I'm glad you asked that because I grew up in a household where, and trigger warning for anyone that has experienced domestic violence in their life. I grew up in a household where my father beat my mom and my grandfather beat my grandmother. And when I was three years old, I made this vow that I would never be that person. At three, you remember thinking that? Oh yeah. At three, I remember an exact scenario that happened between my father and my mother when I was three years old and saying this to my young self that that's my first memory is that incident. And there was table flipping involved. There was a knife involved. There was screaming and yelling and storming out. We were living in Kentucky at the time. And when we talk about overcoming and mindset, like I have every reason to not be confident and not be positive or optimistic about anything, to be quite frank. I just choose otherwise. So like to think that your very first childhood memory is one of violence and one that had been so scary. How do you think that shaped your childhood? Like, did you ever feel safe? Did you ever feel secure? Well, I went through a lot of years where I didn't feel safe and secure. And I also went through a very tumultuous adolescent teen life. I skipped school. I was looking for a belonging. I was getting in with the wrong crowd, the right crowd, all these different things. Just growing up, I had a negative opinion about relationships and men just based on my upbringing. And then somewhere in me, I knew that I was destined to do amazing things. I just didn't know what that looked like. I knew that I was different. I was adopted into the family I was adopted into. When did you know that? When I was 10. When I was 10, my parents told me that I was adopted. How did that feel? Well, it was cool at 10 because when my mother said it, we were playing a game of Monopoly, right? And my father was in the military. So it was me, my little brother. He's three years younger. My mom, and we're playing this game. And I don't know why, but my mom says, you're adopted (laughs) in the middle of this game. And I said, oh, you mean like Willis and Arnold on a different strokes? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's really cool. But I didn't correlate that to, oh, a woman had me, didn't want me, and gave me to you. Hmm. I didn't really think about the process. I just was like, oh, I'm like Willis and Arnold. That's cool. And then as the years progressed and I really learned like what that actually meant, then I started to question my value. Was there something wrong with me? Why was I the only child out of 11 children that she adopted out? And so I went through all of these things. Yeah. Okay. You were the only child out of 11 children that your biological mother adopted out. 
a lot of different ways you can look at that. Like, was there something wrong with me? Was there something special about me? Did it create negative beliefs? I think it didn't create negative beliefs. It created curiosity. Tell me about that. So it created why? Like, why was I? I look at it as I was the chosen one. I actually don't look at it as it was a negative thing. I really look at it as though I was chosen for something special. And in hindsight, now that I'm 46 going on 47, I feel like that was her spiritual assignment was to birth me and for me to go on and do amazing things the way that I'm doing right now. Wow. Almost as though you couldn't have been as well served if she had been raising you. 100%. Mm. I don't believe it was her assignment to erase me. I believe that exactly what was supposed to happen is happening right now. Wow. We've kind of brushed over, not I want to say brushed over, but like, I don't want you to brush over because I know the story of what you've overcome to me because I work with, and people who listen to the show, entrepreneurs and, and also women who are incredibly capable of doing something amazing. And the only thing that's preventing them from stepping out, launching, putting themselves out there, whatever, like taking that risk is that they just think, well, I am not fill in the blank enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not thin enough, tall enough, smart enough. I didn't come from the right background. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm not as well experienced or I don't have as much experience in this particular area. So therefore I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And they just keep watching the world go by. So you, you know, you've just mentioned, like, I have all these different reasons why I probably shouldn't be successful. And I am despite of that. Tell us your story. Well, the truth of the matter is they're right. Mm. If you're listening, you're right. You may not be the smartest. You may not be the prettiest. You may not be the most educated. You may not be that the most outgoing. Mm. And what does that have to do with anything? True. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Okay. I am not the smartest woman on the planet, but I'm good at what I do. <laughs> right. And I think, As opposed to, it's so easy, right? Like our society, I think it rewards mediocre and mediocrity and average. And there's nothing wrong with being mediocre and there's nothing wrong with being average unless you know you're not. Mm. When you know that you are capable of doing more and capable of expansion and living the life that you desire, then average sucks. Feeling average and doing average things, then that sucks. Because it's like, oh, because there are people out there that are just like, oh, this is enough. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm really speaking to the people who know that that's that where they are right now is not that. And so there's nothing wrong with thinking those things. It's how you move next, because everyone has negative thoughts about themselves at any point of the day. We have tens of thousands of thoughts. So it's about how do you manage those thoughts and what do you choose to actually believe? You having a negative thought about yourself doesn't make you a negative person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's what you do next with that. It's the action. Yeah. The action is, first of all, being aware of said thought and not judging the thought. So it's nothing Mm. wrong with saying, oh, my God, she's prettier. She's smarter. But she has this. Okay. We're humans. Right. But as we evolve and start to see where you're great and learn to focus on where you're great and stop emphasizing where you're not, 
you'll start to recondition and reprogram your own self to be a little more optimistic. Because let me tell you something, Shalane, I was in therapy when I was 12. Oh, wow. 12 to 16. My parents put me in therapy because they said I was unruly, air quotes. And I'm like, unruly people. This is an abusive household. Why am I here? Am I living in the Truman show? Like, why am I in therapy? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm responding to y'all's bad behavior. But do you think that early therapy is maybe partly why you were able to kind of like heal from an early age? Did it help you? What helped was the relationship that I had with my therapist because my therapist Uh also was like, it ain't you. Mm. Me and my therapist were friends and she's an older black woman. She's in her eighties now. And I absolutely adore her and we're friends and I needed an adult that I could talk to about the things that were happening in my household And it was not about me being deficient or inadequate or any of those things. And it wasn't that I was really clinically depressed. It was that I was in an environment that contributed to my behavior. And as I grew up and I learned me making the choice to drop out of high school, getting pregnant on purpose at 17, like all these different things. You got pregnant on purpose at age 17. So you're what are you a senior in high school? I was a junior. What was your thinking? Like, what was that going to do for you? I wanted someone that was related to me that I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then what happened? I had a baby. (laughs) She's 28 and she has a daughter who's four, my granddaughter, Ava. And I really just love my life. And so what's helped me is seeking, right? So with the mindset, I've done lots of things, right? So I also don't do lots of things. I don't gossip. I can attest to that. That is true. I do things that feel good to me. I'm unapologetic about my values and the things that I believe. And I'm respectful of others in their stance. And so life is nice because I've chosen to be a kind person to myself first. And so then that translates everywhere I go. And I'm going to ask the question on behalf of the person who's listening is like, but how? So you drop out of school at age 17. Right. Yeah. And when I think about people who are successful and take action, like what you just talked about, part of taking action and breaking free from, like you said, being mediocre or like living this, like, okay, this is good enough kind of life, but I know I could be doing more, but like, this is good enough. I think part of that is like creating different habits, a different way of thinking, taking different action, but we all want to belong. So we do the things that are kind of like normal for the people that are around us. And so how did you or did you have to kind of look differently at the people who are around you and say, I want something different. So I'm going to have to do something different because I don't want to fit in in this group of people who are maybe not going to go anywhere or not going to go as far as you are. Sure. And it's very true. I just decided and I knew that I was different and I was okay with being different. I literally decided, and here's the thing. I love my family. Okay. Most of my family is poor. They live in public housing, not all, but most. And my father stopped the abuse when I was about 16 because me and my brother basically jumped him in the kitchen. And yeah, it's been an upbringing. 
And these are even things that you and I haven't even talked about. So I'm excited to actually share them. And I just made the decision and stuck to the decision. You brushed over that pretty quickly. Oh, I got to go back there for a second. So you and your brother jump your dad. So was your dad attacking your mom? Can you, are you comfortable sharing that story? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. We were living in Mobile, Alabama, which is where I was born. And my father is retired from the military, struggling with just being a civilian Mm -hmm. and being out of that life. And coming from a history of alcoholism, my father was an alcoholic. He's passed. He's been in heaven for four years now. And my father ended up being my best friend, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. So this particular day, I think he was being belligerent with my mother. He hadn't done anything physical, but I had had my last straw with that. How old were you? I was 16. Okay. And my brother was 12. And yeah, I confronted my father and we got into a physical altercation. My brother jumped in and I just told my father that I was old enough that if he ever raised his hand to my mother again, that I would do the same thing to him. Wow. Do you think it was just an eye-opening moment for him? Did you ever have the opportunity to talk to him about that moment? So here's what's interesting. That's when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Now, six years before my father died, my father passed away on his 50, wait, was he 57? On his 57th birthday in 2018. Six years before that, when he was 51, my father had a mini stroke and it was alcohol induced. Actually, we didn't know this. So he had the mini stroke. My mother was panicking. She really doesn't work great under pressure. So I went to the emergency room when the ambulance came. I rode in the ambulance and then I told her I would call her when I got there and I can give her more information. We got there. I spoke to the doctor and he told me that it was alcohol induced. And I went in there and I said to my dad, we're here because of your drinking. I'm leaving. And he couldn't talk at the time. I said, I'm leaving. And I left and I went home and I wrote him a letter and it was the most honest letter I ever wrote because we never addressed in all of those years, the alcoholism or the abuse ever. No one ever said anything. And that was the first time anyone ever said anything, but I've always confronted my father. And I wrote the letter and I told him that I was disappointed and that I was disappointed in the legacy that he was not leaving. And that the men in our family, they just die. They wreak havoc. They abuse everyone. Everyone's walking on eggshells. And then they die and they leave us to clean up whatever mess they left behind. You said that in the letter to him. I said that in the letter to him. And my dad never drunk another thing until the day he died. Did you read the letter to him? Do you know that he read the letter? How did you get the letter to him? My mother gave him the letter and he read the letter in front of her. Did she read the letter first? No. And then what was said? It had to feel so good, by the way. It felt so great. I never read the letter to him. I never saw it. And I never mentioned the letter to him. And we never discussed it. Everything changed that day when he got back from the hospital. And when I went home and wrote the letter, I poured out all the alcohol. I hid all the beer. There was so much alcohol in the house. I poured out everything. I was so done with it. And... You know, I was just like, I'm embarrassed. Like, what are you doing? And you're destroying yourself and you're destroying our family. And these things have an impact on all of us. And we have choices as adults. And I can't blame my parents for how I was raised. I'm a grown ass woman, right? And I get it. 
we bring a lot of trauma and a lot of circumstances to our lives as adults. And ultimately, we're responsible for our own healing, our own evolution, our own understanding, our own reconciliation so that we could live the life that we were created to live. The average person doesn't have your resolve. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know this to be true. People who are adult children of alcoholics who survived that kind of abuse, dropping out of school, the violence you saw, the poverty mindset, even just some of the negative beliefs that most people would probably associate knowing that they had 11 brothers and sisters that their mother did raise, that would really mess with most people's minds. They wouldn't be able to just like say to themselves, well, it's up to me. Does that mean that you have something special in your DNA or did you learn how to do this? Did you have to change the way that you think? Both. I believe I am special. And I've done a lot of work to support that belief. Ah, I love this. As opposed to the opposite, right? Because it's easy to stay Mm. in your bullshit. I believe that I'm chosen for something. Like there's no way that a woman and a man can have sex. And out of millions of sperm, I make it. And (laughs) I'm born and there's no purpose for my life. Like there's just, it just doesn't exist. We are all miracles in some fashion and many of us have had harrowing experiences in our lives both as children and adults it doesn't mean that there's no value there I have so much value and I was telling you before the fact that I don't have a GED is exactly why people should be listening to me the fact that I've experienced these things is exactly why people should be listening to me because I'm not afraid of failing I'm not afraid of being the underdog I'm not afraid of any of those things. I'm not afraid of someone saying, hey, but how can you tell me this? You don't even have a college degree. And so what? Look at my life. I retired my mother three months before my dad died in 2018 so that she can spend his last 90 days. We didn't even know it was his last 90 days of life with him. She is on my payroll right now. And she has been ever since February 3rd, 2018. And that's why, right? It's because... I have decided to make choices based on my core belief about myself. Mm. And that is that I'm special. I want to mention my pillow that I've been sleeping on that my husband tried to steal from me last night. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode, or at least last Wednesday, I mentioned that I bought this pillowcase. You know, there's lots of silk and satin pillowcases, but I found one that is insane. And then I bought a matching robe. And then I bought the spray that you spray your pillows with before you go to bed or your bed linens. And it's like eucalyptus and lavender and it smells delicious. I discovered all of those products after initially it was a silk pillowcase from Blissey that made a huge difference for me that I bought because I was watching a bunch of videos of people talking about like how to repair overly chemically processed hair like mine that's super fine anyways and everyone swears by using a silk pillow so then I did a little bit of research and found this pillowcase by Blissey and it's not just that it keeps my hair detangled and it's better at night for your hair but it's also temperature regulating which is 
huge. It's also hypoallergenic and you could just like throw it in the washing machine. I think it's a wonderful gift. That's why I put it on my gift giving guide as well. So grab one for your friends as we're approaching the holidays or just get one for yourself anytime because everybody loves these pillowcases. I freaking love their robe too. But by the way, over 1 million people have tried Blissey and you can now try Blissey for 60 nights risk-free. Okay, and get this, for a limited time, Blissey is giving my listeners an additional 30% off. That's a total of 55% off. What the what? Yes, plus free shipping. 55% off plus free shipping. Hello, go there. The link is in the show description or just go to blissy.com forward slash Shalene. Use code Shalene. That gets you 55% off. That's insane. Stock up. I have decided to make choices based on my core belief about myself. Mm. And that is that I'm special. How do you help someone change a negative core belief into a positive core belief? Like, were there habits you had to overcome? Were there things you had to say, like, I'm scared as hell to do this. I feel like I don't belong here. I feel like I'm going to be judged. I feel like I'm not all of those things that I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to do it anyways. What were some of those things you did? First thing, like I said earlier, was the awareness, being honest with yourself. And it's so easy for us to want to continue to lie to ourselves and place the blame someplace else. Accept responsibility. That's my first thing. Second thing is, how do I feel about it? Sometimes people are being toxic positive about their life, meaning Mm -hmm. they want that to be true, but it's not true. So it's like, how do you really feel about the things, right? The third thing is, I focus on where I want to be. I'm not trying to fix what happened. Mm. See, a lot of people put the energy in trying to fix what happened and trying to make people understand. I don't do that. What do you mean make people understand? Make people understand you. You're misunderstood that you want them to apologize. You need Mm. them to be better. You don't need anyone to do anything. You're Mm. in control of your life. You have to do those things for yourself. It doesn't matter what other people do. And you have to be okay with some people not being a part of your life. Yeah. In the way that they may want to, if it doesn't also serve you, because that's what relationships are about. It's about reciprocity, right? We're in relationship because you enjoy it. Not because I'm obligated to it because you're my mother or my father or my brother or a cousin. I'm not obligated to anyone or anything. Gosh, that's such a hard thing for people to break, man, because society gives us that message over and over and over again, like family first, family first. And so the things that we would never in a million years tolerate from a friend, we tolerate from family. A hundred percent. And then we want their, we want their approval. We want to be connected because like there's these movies and people are like, oh, you're brothers and sisters. And they just expect that there's supposed to be this bond with people whom you share DNA with, but that might be the end of it. It could be the end of it. My biological mother I met when I was 20 and I actually disowned her for several years until I did some more self-work and I had a reconciliation with her just three months ago. And we've been talking now about twice a month. And I think that adults need to make healthy decisions that honor where they're at. And it's not about necessarily forever. You may Mm. not speak to a person, Mm. but you have to do your own work so that whatever other people do, it just doesn't matter. What were some of the first habits that you had to develop in order to get to where you are today? I understood the law of attraction. I understood that the things that I think 
make a difference. I understood that the things that I think, believe and feel, all of those things are intertwined and they really do matter. The other thing was I don't engage in negative things. I don't watch negative TV. I don't watch the news. I kind of live in a bubble. Honestly, my ex-husband used to say I live in a bubble (laughs) and it's my responsibility to feel good. So you carefully protect your mindset. You don't allow things in Um, that are going to bring you down. To disrupt my state of being and my core state of being is happy. Now, it's not to say that things don't happen, right? I just know how to handle things when they happen. I don't go off the rails. Another book resource that people can read is a book called Emotional Intelligence. I think a lot of people don't have high EQ. They don't know how to manage their emotions because we were not taught that, right? Most of our parents didn't know how to manage their emotions. They're yelling and screaming and they're reacting in ways they're not processing anything. So those are some of the initial things that really support. It is a work to actually become happy and to maintain a state of bliss and contentment, just satisfied with your life. Because there's every reason not to be television, social media, friends, family, relationships. There's so many reasons that validate people's unhappiness. It's like, oh, yeah, why would I be happy? Like, look at my life. Look at this. It's so easy. But you get to choose differently. And listen, let me tell y'all something. I am a black woman, 47, living in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have so many reasons why I could say things are not fair or not working for me. And those things do exist. And also Mm -hmm. I'm still responsible for my own self. I still am responsible for my own body, my own mind, what goes in, how I treat myself and how I treat others. And so are you. For so many people who've had a background like yours, a childhood like yours, experiences, some of which we really haven't even gone into on the show that I know, carry with them the heavy burden of shame. Do you still carry shame? And if not, how does someone begin to free themselves from that? That is a really great question. Again, trigger warning, if you have been in any sexual assault or domestic violence situation, when I was 19, I was raped by someone that I knew for five days. Mm. And that situation did make me mad and make me feel what I would call shame. Mm-hmm. And the work that I did to overcome that took me about 10 years of my adult life to overcome feeling like I had failed protecting myself. Mm. And so when I think about people that have also experienced, whether it's divorce, bankruptcy, humiliation, shame in different ways, I want you to understand that there is a work that can be done to help you feel better. And I've done a lot of different things, right? And I have to be very transparent here. I do cannabis therapy. I do psychedelics. I meditate. I am spiritual. I get a lot of sleep. I have lots of orgasms. I do all the things. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, but it's my job. And so for a person who also has had a life where they're like, I should be feeling better or I should be over this thing, but I'm not. 
there are things that we can do. And it's part of what I call like the feminine and rich code. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like, how do you maintain just that sense of womanhood? Hello, men who are listening. And also just an enriched life. Right. And enriched mean it's like that piece of whatever your favorite dessert is that just tastes so good. And when you bite into it, you're just like "Mm." cheesecake. Right. And it's like, and you want that in every area. You want that in your heart in your mindset and your confidence in your bank account. You want it all over Mm. the place Mm. just for everything to feel and taste as good as that dessert. And I don't think that this is like a pie in the sky thing. I have plenty of happy friends. And it's because we're also doing that work, but we're willing to be honest about who we really are. And also one of my friends, Brooke Casillo, she always says, own your toxic too. Mm. This is not about being perfect. Yeah. We all have a little toxic trait. Own it and fix it or own it and embrace it. Own it and embrace it. Embrace it. Sometimes Mm. there is no fixing. I may be the chick that goes to the guy's phone. I'm not, but I might. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then I'm going to call you on this. Give me something you know is a toxic trait that you have that at this stage anyways, you're like, I don't want to fix it. I don't want to address it. Yeah. My dating life. I'm definitely. That's that's some (laughs) self-awareness. We always joke about that. She's like, oh, I've met this guy. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it six months from now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. My dating life. I have a couple little things that I think that one or two could be resolved and many have. (laughs) And then also there's just some stuff about me. Let me give you an example. I saw a TikTok earlier today and this girl was like, I'm on my way to tell my boyfriend that my period was five days ago. I love him. I'm mad that he dated other women before me and something else. Right. It was Mm -hmm, like all mm -hmm. these little things. It was so relatable because I'm like, yeah, sometimes we're off the rails. And some of that I'm not trying to resolve. It's just a part of this package. Yeah, I I think I have some toxic traits that I'd like to dial them down. I want to dial them out, mm-hmm. but I want to dial them down. Like yesterday, I was in a professional conversation with, I won't say who and what entity, but I thought I was dialing it down by simply responding, I'm speechless in text. <laughs> and I was reprimanded and told that that was very unprofessional of me. I'm like, Pfft. I was me being as professional as I could be in the moment was to say, I'm speechless. Right. But, you know, I like that side of me, but I don't like when it hurts people. I did want that person who I said I'm speechless. I did want them to see that I was shocked by their response or shocked by their lack of response, I should say. But I also wouldn't want to offend them or make them think that I think less of them. So I am working on that trait because it can sometimes cut to the core. Yeah, 100%. And I agree. Things that harm other people are never okay. They're never okay. However, don't you just said that it's never okay to hurt someone, but sometimes people get hurt and it's on them. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean the intention. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair. You know, I don't want a baseline intention hurt you. Like, that's my intention. I don't need to do that in order to get my point across. I don't need to do that to communicate effectively. I don't need to do that at all. And if it does happen, if someone says something, I can acknowledge that and I can correct the behavior with a specific person. So I think that, again, it all goes back to governing oneself. Mm. When we first met, you were working with a feminine coach and I was like, what is that? And you (laughs) basically, I'm just going to 
summarize it, you basically said, you know, I'm a very masculine energy. And I think a lot of women who are listening may be able to relate. And there's parts of me that I feel are really feminine, parts of me where I know I puff up into a masculine energy. And I'm also aware of when I'm doing it and probably why I'm doing it. Considering your experience, especially like where you said, like you felt for many years, like you had let yourself down by not protecting yourself was part of that masculine energy, a defense mechanism. And if so, how did it serve you and does it still in some way? Well, the first thing, yes, that's great. And this is my favorite topic, especially as a feminine conscious business coach is we all have feminine and masculine energy, both male and female. It has nothing to do with your gender. We all have traits of both of those energies where it becomes an issue and where it became an issue for me was the imbalance. Mm. And it was me feeling like repressed as a woman because I had been raised in an environment where I had to grow up quickly. Mm -hmm. And so then I had a lot of masculine traits that I really didn't want. They just were there because I had to survive. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, sure. I mean, Oh man, I was an angry black woman. Super bitchy. Because I was a single mother, I had to do everything on my own. I didn't have any help from my daughter's father. And those conditions just make you hard. Hmm. It makes you not trust people. There's a book. I don't remember the name of it, but it's a book about daughters raised by alcoholic parents. Hmm. And it talks about how your view of the world is so different because you're always skirting something. Mm-hmm. Right. You're always trying to avoid something. Right. You're trying to not cause inflamed scenario. Yeah. And so for me, that toxic, unhealthy, masculine energy I was holding, it was hard. It was wounded. There's nothing wrong with masculine energy. OK, it's how we get it done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the imbalance where that's all you're doing and mm-hmm. you're stressed and you're not tapped in. You haven't felt yourself. I have a client who told me the other day she hadn't cried in three years. There's no reason for that. She's bottled mm. up with emotions. She's just overcompensating by working as opposed to feeling. Feeling is a very feminine thing. We're human people. We can't just keep pushing through. And that was what I was doing. It's interesting. I was in survival mode. Yeah. If your name is not Janelle, then this doesn't apply to you. Actually, it really does. But the reason why this is for Janelle is because we are on this group chat. It's my sister, it's me, and it's like seven or eight or nine other of my girlfriends. And don't ask me why, but we started talking about different symptoms that some of us are having because we are of a certain age. And my sister was like, oh my gosh, I am such an idiot. I just found out that I was taking the wrong type of magnesium. And she was talking about the magnesium that she was taking and that, did you know that there's more than one type? And I'm like, does this girl even listen to my podcast? Does she not know that I've been talking about magnesium now for like, I don't know, a month? So Janelle, if you're listening and anyone else, which is 75% of the population that is deficient in magnesium, there is a supplement that I've found that contains all seven unique forms of the magnesium that your body should be making, but it usually doesn't make enough or you're not eating enough of the right foods to properly create that magnesium or to absorb that magnesium. So this is a supplement that has all of the seven critical forms. And magnesium is pretty much responsible for 
every function in your body, from your brain to your sleep, to your bone density, pain, inflammation, friggin' all of it. And it's the only full spectrum magnesium supplement that actually has all seven forms, at least that I could find, of the magnesium that you need. The company that makes it is called Bioptimizer, and the product is called Magnesium Breakthrough. They've created an exclusive offer for Shalene Show listeners. Can I give you a piece of advice? And I hope they're okay with this. I'm just going to say it. They offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. So here's what I would do. If you get a 90-day supply, you save 25%, which is huge. Plus, they have the special right now that if you use code Shalene, they're going to give you that discount of 25% off. Plus, they send you a pair of blue light blocking glasses and blocking blue light is also going to help your sleep. Listen, if you just want to get a bottle, you save 10% off with that code. But I'm just saying, why not save 25% off? Do a three-month supply. And if you don't love it, then take advantage of their money-back guarantee. But hello, I'm saying do the three-month supply and save yourself some money and get yourself a pair of glasses. And all of this, you'll need to use code Shaleen when you go to Meg, M-A-G, breakthrough.com forward slash Shaleen. Meg breakthrough.com forward slash lean to get your special gift. Feeling is a very feminine thing. We're human people. We can't just keep pushing through. And that was what I was doing. It's interesting. I was in survival mode. Yeah. When I think of feminine, and this is probably just part of that social construct, I think of like just a graceful way of being. It's a way of dressing. I think of being very ladylike. I think of letting somebody else hold court. And I know this is negative. This is just my own stereotype in my head. I think of someone who's very feminine as someone who can't stand their own ground if they're going toe-to-toe with someone with masculine energy. So no, tell me. Feminine energy is compassionate. It's nurturing. Mm. It's intuitive. It's the creative part of us. It's the empathetic part of us. It is the vulnerable part of us. Our masculine energy is that competitive part. It's the logical parts of us. It's analytical. It's disciplined, right? It's grounded and structured. Both of those things are great in balance, right? Feminine has nothing to do with flowers and being graceful. Like (laughs) I, I mean, there are some very powerful goddesses And women who are feminine and fierce and they get things done. And that's a nice balance to have. So it's not at all about a physical appearance. It's an energy. It has nothing to do with the physical appearance. I could never wear a flowery thing and be totally feminine. (laughs) Nothing to do with that. That is commercialized feminine. And I'm not about that. Can I tell you something that I just freaking love about you is, you know, and I've been to some of your events and you've spoken at my events too. And you, and don't take this the wrong way because I think you're going to know how I, I mean it. Like the first time I saw Gary Vaynerchuk speak on stage, I'm like, whoa, he's wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. He has his hand in his pocket. He's wearing tennis shoes and he's dropping the F bomb every other word at a big corporate event. This dude just showed up exactly as himself. Love him or hate him. He showed up exactly the way he is standing in his living room shooting with his boys. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was like, whoa. I mean, again, maybe very polarizing, but he you just knew like this is exactly who he is. He did not show up as someone who was like, okay, I'm going to be a prepared speaker. What does it take to be a successful speaker? All right, I'm going to try to emulate that. And when 
I've seen you speak on stage, when I've seen you at your events, that's what I love about you. It's like you show up exactly April, the same person who's going to be in the hotel room afterwards eating lunch. And it's so refreshing, especially because many times you're coaching women who have advanced degrees, yeah. who are the CEOs of major corporations, yet they're still struggling with their confidence. They're still struggling yes. in one area or another. And you just pull no punches. Like it's fascinating to watch because mm-hmm. it makes everybody so uncomfortable how comfortable you are. It does. And I actually love that. Have you always been like that? No. Mm. I'm glad you said no. Yeah. I've just been developing over time. I just get better and better. And we all do when we're the, when we're our primary project, when we stop trying to fix others and trying to make everyone else's issue, your issue, like just focus on yourself. And the reason why I attract high achieving women is because I am one a, and I am the confidence that they want. My state of being is an aspiration for most women, no matter what their education is or what their race is or their background. Every woman should be confident because a confident woman believes in herself and she makes choices from a healthy place. A confident woman doesn't allow harm or make decisions that harm her when she feels good about herself internally. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's huge. That's a litmus test. (laughs) It it really is. Like you think about it. Yeah, I would not have made that decision if I thought more highly of myself in that regard. And so if just if you can walk it back a little bit, when you shared the story with me, how you were working, managing, you know, doing property management, kind of started your own Mm -hmm. thing. and, And then eventually, you decided to step into being a business coach. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, what happened was I did not want to be a business coach. I actually wanted to be a women's empowerment coach. And because I was so good at positioning myself online as an authority, people started asking me to teach them to do the same thing. And that's how I got into business coaching. Before I was business coaching, I actually was a consultant for real estate investment trust. And so I work with people that were had a high net worth already. Let me ask you, now that you said that, you need to be empowered don't you, to some degree, to even start a business? You have to believe in yourself to some degree. You have to. You have to have something that's driving you, right? There's a reason why this is necessary, whether it's personal fulfillment. And sometimes you might just be proving something to someone. Whatever your reasons are, whatever that initial spark, that initial motivation is, or in the middle, that could change. Sometimes people try to hold on to that initial reason and it may change over time, right? My initial reason for wanting to be successful was just Mm. to survive at first. Just to survive. Is that a big enough why? Because we hear this all the time, like you've got to know your why. And so I, I think that puts a lot of pressure on people where they're, they're like, okay, so my why has to be something like so profound that if Oprah ever interviews me, I can share it. You just said at first was just to survive. And you also said your why can change. I think that's so freeing, like to give people that kind of flexibility. I always say like your purpose changes all the time too. Like whatever season you're in, there's like a new purpose. So when you say your why can change, what is your why today? Really, I want to help transform as many women as possible. Initially, my why was survival because I was making $3.80 an hour when I was 17. 
right? And then my good job, I was making $9.78 an hour. So initially that was it. So each time there's a kind of a new season and and it's new motivation. Exactly. Exactly. New motivation, new motivation. And today, now that my daughter is an adult and I'm connected to both of my daughters, even though the daughter I adopted out and my father has now passed and I'm now responsible for my mother. Now it's about Mm. the women that I serve and the women that I help. And the truth of the matter is, Shalene, I change Mm -hmm. people's lives. Women and people are better as a result of their relationships with me. And I believe that's a gift. And I said this in my stories the other day. It makes me so happy to watch a woman go from not being confident to being confident, from her not making money to making money, from her enhancing a relationship or leaving one uh, for her having. I have a client who was in her mid 40s and she didn't have kids and she was thinking about it. I said, adopt that baby. That baby is four years old now. She has a family. I mean, these things are, I have a woman who wanted to have an abortion. She reached out to me and she was like, I don't know what to do. And I encouraged her. Those twins are like 11. Wow. That's amazing. So it's like, this is real life that we're all living and we can live a better life and and feel better about it. Right. And it doesn't take anything away from being grateful for where we are. You are a believer in people. And sometimes that's what it takes is not just one person believing in you, but someone believing in you who you hold their opinion in high regard. It's like when someone very confidently believes in you, it gives you confidence by proxy. Speaking of confidence by proxy, I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that when you first started getting into business coaching and charging top dollar for your higher end clients and your higher end programs, there had to have been, I'm assuming, a moment where you're like, well, I better get my degree or I better get an MBA or I better get certified in such and such so that I have the credentials that somebody who's going to spend that kind of money is looking for. Did that ever cross your mind? No. That's so beautiful. The only time I wanted to get a degree was after the contract where I made $200,000. And I was talking to that client. His name is Alan. He used to own this company called KOA Corporation in LA. And he owned a bunch of apartment complexes. And I helped them cash flow those. And he said to me, I said, oh my God, I don't know what to do next. Our contract was over and we were kind of friendly. And I said, maybe I'll go get a degree. And he was like, why are you doing that? I was like, I don't know. I said, I don't even like school. I don't think I I don't really want to do it. I was like, I just don't know what to do next. It was the transition between that real estate business and this coaching business that I have now, which is 12, 13 years young. And I said, you know, I said, no, he said, April, if you want to do it because it's a personal goal, then do it. But if you're wanting to do it because you think it's going to help you be more Mm -hmm. successful, don't do it. I said, well, I don't believe I need this to be more successful. He said, then don't do it. And I said, I'm not. And I didn't. And here we are 13 years later. And I've made millions of dollars online helping people make money and be happy. How often do you find, especially when you're working with women in business, that the reason why they're struggling isn't because they're lacking a certain business knowledge. It is their mindset or belief in themselves or limiting beliefs. 97% of the time, Mm. it's almost everyone. Literally, I spend the majority of my business coaching talking people off of shelves and reaffirming that they are worth what they want to do. I've seen you do it live and in person. It's pretty powerful. 
you pull no punches. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, well, you I, know why? Why? Because everyone else in your life is bullying you. That's why. And I'm going to be the last person to bull you. No one's going to say, this is where you get annoyed. When everyone says what you're doing is great, but you don't feel like it's great. And you get sick of hearing that. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, no, you're doing fine. You're doing so great. And in your head, you're like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. This doesn't feel great. Right? And people, it's not that they don't want to be honest with you. It's that people don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I'm not going to let you lie to yourself. Now, part of my gift is I'm intuitive. I feel everything. <laughs> so you couldn't lie to me if you tried. Hmm. If you told me you were happy and you really weren't happy, I would know that you're not happy. Hmm. I always know. And that's been my whole life. That's a gift. Require the truth. It's a gift and you have to take that risk. And I think it says a lot that you will, because you said it yourself, the reason why people won't always be honest with you is because they're afraid of hurting your feelings. You're willing to hurt someone's feelings if you know it means they're going to step into their greatness. Well, it's not about hurting their feelings. It's about them being honest and them being honest with themselves may hurt their feelings. It's not me. It's their own truth that they don't want to bring up. Right. It's their own truth that they've been potentially repressing. It's the things that they may not want to face that is causing them to feel something. And that's a good thing. Right. Because nine times out of 10, that thing has been ignored and repressed. And people pretend like those things don't matter, but they do matter because if they didn't, then everyone would be living happily ever after. And they're not. How do you handle it that, you know, like certain people just you're not going to be their cup of tea? Oh, I don't care. That's what other people are for. What do you mean? Mm. I don't want to work with everyone. That's just like toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> so everyone who's listening, what type of toilet paper do you use? Right. So whatever type of toilet paper you use, why do you use that toilet paper? Why don't you use, if you're a cottonelle person, why don't you use Charmin? If you're Charmin, why don't you use Scott? If you're Scott, why don't you use Angel Soft or whatever? Yeah. Because you have options. Mm so funny i've never heard the toilet paper analogy this is so good you, this is so classic you know Gabrielle. like you have options you have choice you have preference yeah. i'm not for everyone that's good go find who is for you go yeah. get your help yeah. go get what you need right it doesn't have to be me but for a lot of women it is i love that i know you're doing some new stuff this year really specifically to help that woman who hasn't started a business yet who's really struggling with confidence and struggling with mindset. So for those folks who would like to learn more and just like, you know, become one of your students by watching you on Instagram and Facebook and maybe learn more about working with you, what are some of the best places they can connect? Yeah. So some of the best places you can connect is definitely Instagram. If you find me at Epic April, E-P-I-C-A-P-R-I-L-L-E, -E. you can find me there. There you can link to all the other things that I have going on with Feminine and Rich, different events that I may be having, classes, if you are interested in business work. So yeah, all those details are on my Instagram. It's a great hub. And you've got some new stuff coming out this year. I, I know you're going to do some stuff around mindset. So we'll have to have you back in like some literally like mindset coaching series for women. Is that something that's still in the works? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. All right. I really am helping women become more feminine and live an enriched life. And so the new brand that I launched is called Feminine and Rich. And I'm just excited about exploring this concept of being a woman 
and owning that and being happy in every area of your life. In the areas that are not, we can reconcile some things, right? This is mm-hmm. not about fake happiness. This is just about, right. yeah, can we just be a little more satisfied? Well, you are a fierce force. You're an amazing friend. And all the things that you said today are true. I can say that you are authentically who you say you are. You show up. What you see is what you get. And that is so refreshing. So thank you for sharing your fierceness with this audience and helping women to be more feminine, rich, and empowered. Thank you, Shalene. Love you so much. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 